Hey everyone, what is up? Okay, so this week I am jumping into an incredible interview with a long lost friend, um, Yasmin Nazare. So Yasmin and I actually went to school together. We went to Kyle back in the day, she was the year above me. Um, and about four years ago, after getting madly obsessed with Muay Thai in the UK, she moved out to Thailand. And she's been out there in Thailand for the last four years, fighting professionally, um, twice a month every or every 10 days, which you'll hear about more in the about the episode and her journey and her story is absolutely incredible and so and so inspiring um what you'll find out in the episode is her relationship with food her kind of mindset around fights around dieting and around her own body composition and her own aesthetic some of the personal changes that she's had to go through over the years and then a little bit into her self-discipline her coming back to the UK for this next six months and that transition and we just dive into what it means to be different what it means to be uniquely you and what it means to follow the passions and things that you set out in life to do how you should not believe in your own excuses and how if you set a goal you need to follow through on that goal so I cannot wait for you to dive into this week's episode and hear Yasmin's story but also take so many little pieces of incredible information from this it is going to absolutely blow your mind and listen out for the end and her unique piece of advice that's helped her over the years that she can pass on to you that will absolutely help you get real and start to level up your own life enjoy guys have a fantastic day Okay, first I just want to say thanks for having me on, Claire. And yeah, it's been years since we've actually seen each other as well, I think. Yeah, it's mad. And we've both had totally different crazy careers. Funny. Um, But what I do is um, I compete professionally in Muay Thai, and that is my career. And I live out in Thailand, and I have done for the last four years, um, fighting pretty much twice a month if not every 10 days depending on how I am and coming back to the UK and competing here also so I stay in the rankings um but yeah it's a very disciplined sport and there's a lot of rules in it and dieting of course which you know all about yourself and yeah it's very very different <laughs> I uh, like for those that listen I've obviously I get tried to get people from different backgrounds on so all the guests of you know they've heard from like different runners and loads of different industries and sports and disciplines and you are the first person I've had on who's within like MMA fighting is it M- yes yeah, MMA right I'm Muay Thai Muay Thai but it's just it's in the same kind of combat sport yes but yeah, okay. like, so this is where my understanding and my my education on it comes from um Les Mills body combat <laughs> and I know the different disciplines within that and I don't actually really understand differentiate between anything so if I say anything that's really offensive just like correct me because I think it's really good for people to learn you know what is Muay Thai then as a sport um what's the fighting style like what's it right well Muay Thai especially compared to MMA MMA is one, everyone knows UFC. Well, nearly everyone knows UFC. They watch it on the telly. It's always, always like all over your face and all that. And it's all about fighting in a cage on the ground and five minute long uh, rounds and stuff like that. Muay Thai 
is not like that, but it's one of the deadliest sports because yeah. we elbows, knees, we clinch, which means clinch looks a bit like dancing because you're up close and personal with each other. But when I can tell you, we're definitely not. We're trying to elbow <laughs> in the face, so <laughs> it's not that as nice as it looks. Um, and yeah, it's nothing. If you go on the ground, the fight's stopped until the person gets up. Um, so it's, that's where we differ in MMA and Muay Thai. Nice. I mean, saying nice, it doesn't sound nice. Because <laughs> um, obviously, I think for the, the the whole time I knew you, um, you 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 weren't fighting. Like, so when did you start to get into Muay Thai and obviously making the move to Thailand? That was four four years ago now. Yeah. So what got you into Muay Thai and then what led to you deciding to move to Thailand? Well, when I was young, when I was at Kyle, I did a little bit of Muay Thai for fitness because yeah. like, when I was younger, I was a bit chubby and stuff. My mum said to us to go and do some sort of fitness and that was what we went into. And I liked it, but honestly, I wasn't that fussed about it. I was just kind of like, I'll go there and it's a workout and it's a fun thing to do. And that was it. And then I stopped doing it around about when I was 16. Okay. And then I moved to England. And yeah. when I moved to England, I was putting on weight because I was on an office job doing accounts. And I thought, oh, my God, I need to like, do something again. So I went back to Muay Thai because it was something that I knew. But this time it was very different. And the trainer, he was like, oh, yeah, actually, you're not too bad. You're picking it up quite quickly. And I was like, well, I did a little bit when I was younger, but like nothing much and then what was the biggest thing like to me was someone told me like you can't fight like don't fight you're a girl you like you shouldn't fight and I was like wait a minute like I never had it in my head before that and then I was like now you've just challenged me now I'm gonna do it yes but the whole thought was I was only gonna do it once I didn't think that I was gonna love it like I did okay and I got obsessed, and that was it. So I, even after my first fight, I didn't even win my first fight. I put up against a girl who had, like, 14 fights or something. And I didn't get my ass handed to me, thankfully. So <laughs> I do that. But I did lose in points. But I loved every second of it. That Before I even left the ring, I said to my coach, I need to fight again. He's yeah. like, let's just get out the ring first. <laughs> <laughs> <Fight> it. <laughs> that is mad. <laughs> That is absolutely mad. Like, I can just imagine, like, I, I want to go again. Like, that adrenaline rush of, like, in the moment, like, again, again. I suppose it is, like, to relate it to competing. Like, it's very, very different in that, obviously. Yeah, but competing is you get on stage, but immediately you want to do it again. And for me, like, in that moment, the 12, 16, 20 weeks of dieting and putting yourself through the mill and torture like just to be in that moment is just such an adrenaline rush and such an endorphin release and there's not many things in life like that you can get that reward internally and get that absolute adrenaline buzz from um and it's interesting because to me that's exactly what you experience when you're in and you're I'm gonna say in the ring is it right to say in the ring yeah. okay in the ring I'm gonna say ring and you're like babe stop <laughs> no no that's it but actually one of the other things that I was addicted to which I think that you probably have similarities if not same thing is my body changing yeah 
and watching my body change and developing muscle and stuff like that I was in awe of that of like oh my god look look like and at first like I feel stupid about it now but like at first I was like having a little bit of muscle and I was like look look and I thought I was the Hulk yeah yes I love it I look back I'm like oh my god but yeah it was such a change for me anyway like that was just not the life that I had before and with Muay Thai as well I'm like this is why I'm not too keen on MMA is there's a lot of trash talking in MMA yeah so they're insulting each other they're insulting each other's mums like all the crazy stuff I'm like why do you need to say that stuff like yeah you're both training Put the same amount of effort into getting ready for this fight, and you got to talk crap. Like that's what Muay Thai doesn't have. It's yes, okay. And you can like hug it out at the end and chat and sit for hours and stuff like that. So <laughs> I love that. It's like lethal sport, but you can have a hug at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember I caught a girl here, like right down the middle of her head. She okay. Had 18 stitches and then afterwards still smiling and laughing and having a chat with each other at the end so it's like that okay that in itself leads me to so many questions around discipline and even to say anger but you know you think about these sports and you do think quite aggressive and you do think about you know that mental state that people have to put themselves in to stay focused and to stay you know at the end of the day you're there to win a fight right so what's that discipline and that mindset and that mental journey like when you are well giving someone the need for 18 stitches but then like being friends after it like what is what's all that about I'm not gonna lie at first it was difficult at first like I didn't know how my mindset should be I'm still I still do mind coaching I've got a coach that goes through my mental side of it because I still need it and I need it probably more now than I did then yeah Uh, but it's the understanding that you need anger but you need to be able to control it because if you're in the ring and you get too so angry that you lose control you can walk into one of those elbows that I cut her with yeah. So, and Muay Thai is a, very, is a game like, you can watch it and you can see the people smiling in the ring playing with each other so it's like teasing it's like getting someone wound up to the point that they make a mistake and then you that. act on that so you have to be so careful about how you're thinking and to make sure that right, okay I don't want to mess up so if I'm going to get angry I want to use that anger as power and not messing up like yeah flying forward and getting hit by something stupid which I've got to say I have definitely done yeah (laughs) I've probably done it about a hundred times as well but like you have to learn to control that control it yeah it's wild like I I speak a lot about mindset and a lot of the so obviously I like run mindset nutrition hub and I'm very much in a space right now myself and space with the clients that I work with where mindset truly is I think the be all and end all of like everything like it doesn't matter what is going on in around you like if your head is not in the right place and you're not thinking the right thoughts and doing the right actions and keeping your head in that positive space and in that you know appropriate control state of what it needs to be in for the task you're doing the second you lose your mindset like 
you you fail, you get negative, you have judgments, you have all these other things that start to spiral in. And so many of us, I feel, are so messed up because of their inability to have this positive or this control over their mindset. And I think you being in that space where, yeah, you know, you could get an elbow to the face if your mind is not really literally in it in the moment is just it's something so powerful so what sorts of things do you like you said you've got a coach like run us through like maybe one or two things that you have to do to help you practice your mindset to like stay focused or to help improve your mindset like is there things that you do to really improve that yeah I mean we go through we're, constant, we're in constant contact whether or not it's uh, talking to each other on a video call or um, I'm messaging him telling him I had a crap session this is why it's crap like because I know what's went wrong yeah but I sometimes need some like him to point out to me well if you just did that it would have been a little bit different for you in your head yeah. and since I used to get very like <laughs> in Thailand it's nuts. When you fight, it's not like here. There's not only three people in your corner. Sometimes there can be nine people in your corner. Sometimes you've got one person telling you to do one thing, the other person's telling you to do something else, and it can be constant chaos. And you have to be able to distract yourself from that and realise you're the one who's about to get punched in the face. Yeah. You need to take the right advice from it. So he's taught me things to dis- when it's too much and everyone's just screaming and shouting you to distract myself from that and keep myself in a positive mindset yeah. so I feel like look look at something like, <laughs> like have them there talking in front of you but look away and like look at something that's caught your attention listen to the noises look at your opponent look how their face is like yeah tell yourself like what did you do right what did you do wrong in that fight Talk to yourself if your corner isn't telling you the right things to do. Yeah. And that is really, really helpful. It's wild. I just love the fact that you're like, you've got nine people in your corner. That literally gives me anxiety right now thinking about. I couldn't imagine. Like, you see this stuff on telly. Like, is that real life? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's real life. And they're all, literally, they're all screaming at you and screaming at each other because they're not agreeing with what each other thinks. That's why it's better to have, when you're, well, fighting in the UK, you only have, like, two people in your corner and that's it because when it gets to nine people and they can't even decide what's the right strategy for you to win, it's nuts. Like, how can you decide yourself? That's what you would think. That is wild. Oh, my goodness. I have so much respect for even putting yourself in that situation and doing it. Let's just go back to what you said at the beginning. Sometimes two fights a month or every 10 days. Okay, so you are, if the guys haven't been on your Instagram, you are very petite. Like, I can't believe how petite you are. Um, From a diet athlete, kind of having worked with people that do, you know, I've seen MMA, I used to work in the MMA centre, that's why I kind of have a rough idea about that. And watching them doing the diets for like a fight, but it was like a fight, you know, once every 12 weeks. It wasn't like the level you're at um and these boys would go out to thailand and they would have to diet to go out to thailand and then they would just you know no offense get their asses handed to them um because you know the diet levels and the the restrictions and all the kind of things that were being put in place so how do you 
like this sounds weird to be like survive but how do you maintain your like fighting weight and stay full of energy and like what is that like it's not easy that's all I can say Uh, but no there's a structure to the way that I like eat and I make sure that I'm never too far from my fight weight so if I have to I will cut a couple of kilos in one day and that's easy mm-hmm. and it's not pressure on my body I still feel good I still feel healthy but it's of that one-off that someone said right in four days you've got to fight can you make the weight and I'm like well yeah because I'm always around my weight you're always around it and what do you think that's like for because obviously within the diet and the fitness industry and obviously people listening weight is still this huge topic particularly for women around you know what's healthy what's unhealthy and learn to love your body without weight and obviously you spoke a little bit about when you started to see muscles and you loved your shape and you loved the change so the weight that you fight at do you feel healthy happy confident at that weight and in your body composition or do you ever think actually I wish I was bigger or I was actually smaller or how do you feel in your own skin with your shape and size when it comes to weighing and I've said it to many people before I hate the way that I look absolutely yeah. hate it I'm standing on those scales and I feel tiny I feel strong like I actually really do feel strong but I just feel not beautiful. That's probably yeah. the best for it because I don't have any boobs. I don't have a bum. Like everything's gone for getting to this weight. And as much as I feel strong and I'm definitely ready to fight, I don't feel beautiful. Yeah. And I know a lot of people. I've had a lot of people contact me themselves and be like, that. "How do you diet? Like, could you send me some?" And I have worked with people for losing weight, but I have to tell them it's not the same as how I lose weight. Yeah. Because mine is just a momentary thing. It's not for holding out for the rest of my life or whatever. It's just for that moment, for that fight, to get on those scales, check weight, and then I put on another two kilos as soon as I stand off it. Yeah. It's not what they think it is. And do you think, obviously you said you've got quite a strict kind of eating routine to maintain your weight do you find that you actually because again like I know myself I the way I am right now give or take a kilo or two I can pretty much eat and enjoy life and maintain this weight but I know myself as soon as I start to kind of diet and if I was to lose about five kilos that when I get down to like five kilos lighter I am struggling to maintain that weight and my negative relationship with food starts to play like it's all about my mindset and it's all about my ability to you know focus on the goal and focus on the outcome when I'm in that state so now that you're almost permanently in that state how does like how does that feel for you with your relationship with food and your habits around food well at the moment I'm not I'm not in that cycle because I'm back in the UK and I've got three well two months now to my next fight this is the longest that I've had in three years for a fight and it's been actually such a struggle to deal with because I've not had any barriers in what I'm eating so when I meet people now and I can't say to them oh I can't eat that because I've got a fight they're like no no you can have what you want you can enjoy yourself and I'm like yeah I can but then I don't want to get too big and then have a massive weight cut which I won't allow anyway but 
when it does get to the last couple of weeks before my fight, if it's like like this, um, then it is a constant battle in my mind about, oh, I can't have that, or I've got like, and I worry too much about what I'm eating. Yeah. And sometimes I cannot eat enough, but I notice it straight away when I'm training, and then obviously I change it. But yeah. coming from a bigger weight back down to a smaller weight is harder. When I'm doing it constantly and I'm fighting every two weeks, it's so much easier because it's just routine. It's just the same thing. I can have that one day where I have like a cake or whatever and have something nice, but then I'm back into my routine and I burn it off in the gym. And it's actually good sometimes to have like a pizza or something like that. And yeah, then for sure. And I'm working harder the next day. So it's, uh, it's very much like we use food for refeeds and performance and you know there's this whole cut cheat day in the industry and this whole notion of cheat day or refeed day like it's obviously come from people within performance sport and off the back of you know you've cut weight you've done all these things you've you, you now need to fuel up and you need to eat as much as you can eat or whatever to get your carbs back in get your glycogen stores get some water retention whatever it may be so you're thicker fuller and ready to perform um and it is interesting I find personally like when I'm in a constant state of dieting like those cheat days or refeed days they really start to mess with my head but then how do you feel with them like can you have a big day of food and then the next day you're like okay I'm completely back on it I can get back on it yeah but I do beat myself up for having that day like I'll have like for now I'm I'm battling if not every day but nearly like if I have something bad at the moment I'm like remember you've got to start cutting soon yeah like a constant thing in the back of my head just going remember remember and so I'm keeping myself near my way it still but I'm still always conscious about what I'm eating and stuff like that but when I'm smaller and I do have those, like, I enjoy my food at the time, otherwise I don't eat it. That's one yeah. thing I've got with myself. Good. Enjoy it or there's no point. Yeah, amazing. Um, but the next day I do kind of kick myself and, oh, God, like, oh, you, what if you're struggling? And if I'm over, like, just before my weigh-in, I'm normally about a kilo and a half over, so I just sweat that little bit out. Yeah. If I'm any more than that, I will tell myself that it's because I had that extra meal. Oh, that's such a bad state to be in, right? I can't even control it because I know I'm like, no, it's not. But in the back of my head, it's like, yes, it is. Remember, it is. <laughs> and the thing is, like, for guys listening, like, well, obviously the context that we're talking about right now it is very much around weight-based and performance sport. Like, these, these, these things that, yes often though these are problems that general population have in terms of food and guilt but the, the the pressure that we then have or at least I'm not in a weight category sport like mine is about aesthetics and condition which it, it might as well be a weight category like the way I see it um but it is very much when you have that that end goal to meet like it it doesn't matter how strong your mindset is and how positive you are and all the good things that you tell yourself when you know you've got that goal and that deadline there's always going to be some form of if I don't make that I only have myself to blame yeah do you know yeah I have done it once 
um, there's only been one time in my whole career that I haven't made weight and I was so angry with myself because I went to China to fight and before I got there I was at a good weight and I thought okay this is going to be easy when I get there I'm there for five days so I'll make it easy and when I got there I didn't take into consideration the food that they were going to give us and what I was going to be because I did pack some stuff to take with me some food to take with me for the last couple of days but not for the whole five days okay or I was my body ended up getting really messed up with the food that we were given and then I didn't drink enough water and then yeah and I was like 0.8 over and I had to be 49 kilos and I was like 49.8 and they were like you have to go cut um the last 0.8 in the next two hours or we deduct the money from you and I was like right okay no problem because I already knew that I was gonna have to do that but I still had to show up and stand on the scales knowing that I wasn't on weight and then get sent away to go do this uh, kilo and I'm sitting in the sauna so angry with myself yeah like sawning way off like that's not the way that I do it no and I was sitting and I was like I don't want to be this this is like putting me down for my fight like it's not she's got an advantage now and all that sort of stuff so for me like we've got to be bang on if not a little bit below but I used to be a lot below as well and when I went to Thailand they're like no you've got to be just below if you're up below then you've lost also because you're then a lot smaller than you're smaller yeah right okay so it can't be too far it can't be over it's It's wild absolutely wild like that complete discipline around weight it's almost like everything that we as a culture are like trying to prevent but it's real life within these sports and like if you want to be successful and let's face it you are freaking successful um but the discipline around, yeah, like that whole relationship with food. I've not even asked you about your training. So what's, like, what, what does a training day look like for, like, a professional like yourself? What's a day in the life? A day out, well, here is very different. But out in Thailand when I'm there, um, but it, even when I'm here, actually. But anyway, I'll tell you the day out of one of my training days in Thailand is, Start off in the morning, we got up, um, do a, a run for about an hour, um, just under an hour, depending on how fast you do it, is about 12 kilometres. And then you're training. Yeah, <laughs> just casual. And not, I'd love to say it was flat as well. It's not flat, it's bloody up mountains. And, <laughs> well, um, and then for the next hour and a half, it's clinching which is what I told you about that looks a bit yeah. like dancing. Um, some casual sparring not too hard and then bag work or pads if you're if you're near a fight then your coach will take you on pads and then it's like um, not it's uh, like a load of kicks on the bag while your coach is standing there and this is normally so an hour and a half training but an hour before running so it's two and a half hours in the morning yeah. Then you're literally sent to go and sleep. That's like your instructions from your coach. Go home, eat, sleep, come back in the afternoon. When you go back in the afternoon, it's another run. It's about six and a half kilometers. And then you're training 
from if you're a fighter you're training from half past four until seven o'clock and that bag work you could you could do about 11 rounds in the bag depending on how many people are in the class because you've only got five trainers and in the gym that I'm in there's maybe 25 to 30 people in the class and they're all doing between three and five pad rounds oh my god three minutes each so you've got all that you're on the pad on the bag for ages and then you've got um some boxing sparring depending on what day it is and then you've got clinch and we clinch for 40 minutes in the afternoon and then (laughs) it's wild it's an actual job like it's an actual job how many hours is that a day then so that's like six hours like six hours a day hours training a day and then in between you're literally just sleeping and eating and but I work as well so I teach online okay in between I don't do too much of it because I can't like, I physically yeah. can't do it I need to rest um, yeah. and then Sundays is our is our actual rest day where we don't mm-hmm. train at all congratulations you get a day <laughs> yeah nice day. rest is what they say they'll bring the results I just love your discipline and your dedication like it's just it's so interesting to see inside the life of someone who obviously does what you do. Um, are you going back to Th- when is it you go back to Thailand? You said it was when in is August. it? In August. August. Yeah. So between now and August, are you? I mean, that's quite a long time to be back in the UK, right? Yeah, but I've got a lot of family occasions coming up. Basically, um, my visa was running out, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go back and need to sort that anyway. And then my sister's getting married and my little brother's turning 21. So I was like, I might as well just stay. And I normally fight once a year in the UK anyway. So I thought maybe I could fight a couple of times. Yeah. But it's been really hard to get matched. Nobody wants to fight me anymore because I've had too many fights. I've been out there for too long. And I'm having to fight at a higher weight than what I normally fight at just to have a fight. Oh. Yeah, it's a little bit frustrating. But at the same time, like as long as I'm getting a match, I'm getting a fight. I'm, I'm happy to do it. So obviously you've got all this. You've then got in August. You go back out there August, and then is it literally just back into business as usual? Like slot straight back into where you came from, or? Well, see, this is the one thing about the training because it's so hard and there's so much training when you're in like fight prep mode and you're constantly fighting, and you're doing the six hours a day. You've got to remember when you do come out of it mm-hmm. and you try to go back into it, you have to build up into it. Yeah. Otherwise, you get really sick, which I know because I've done. Okay. And, um, when I go back, basically, that's what I'll do. I'll spend the first week and a half just building up my training so that okay. I can get back into the full six hours. Otherwise, my body will crash and I'll not be able to sustain it. I'll get sick that's again like it's you're speaking you're speaking yeah common knowledge to myself but so many people again don't realize that and I think even like going from nothing to six hours a day like it's like yeah well obviously you're going to get sick I think with some people like they just throw themselves into exercise like the amount of people I know that will take out a gym membership and go every day for seven days and then they're a mess they're this they're that they've got all these things that are going wrong and it's like yeah it's because your body is so not used to like this level of stress 
that you're now putting under it because at the end of the day it is stress and especially when you're in the blinking heightened environments that you're in yeah, I mean there's lots of people that come from the UK and they come out and they're always like sending me messages of advice and one of the biggest things I always say is take it easy for the first two weeks don't try and just throw yourself into full fight camp mode it's not going to happen yeah. you're going to make yourself sick and by the time it comes to your actual fight you won't be able to perform yeah. and it's so much better if you just take a step back ease yourself in don't get pressured because that is one problem though because when you go out there sometimes if you say you're a fighter and stuff like that the ties can be like well you should be here twice a day every day not all of them some of them do but not all of them say to you about having the rest that you should have because yeah. they don't realize it because they've not done that themselves they've not gone far in, into a different climate and all that and try to adapt like you've got to let your body adapt come on it's like above 30 degrees and you're running for hours like you've got it's so be- mad it. it's so mad so what does the the future look like for yourself in Muay Thai then you know what's the plans what's the game well I've got a couple of big goals that I want to achieve um, with big fights that I won't mention at the moment because they're not yeah they're not like fully confirmed but like I have some big fights in mind that I've been told will happen nice and then after that after I've done my career which I'm planning on 33 is the last year of my fighting career that I've said to myself okay what age are you now I'm 28 yeah I was gonna say you're because you're like I thought you were yeah, one year older than me. Yeah, you're one year older than me. I wasn't sure if you were one or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I'm 29 this year, but yeah. Yeah. A year above you, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I'll be opening my own gym. That's the plan. Nice. Back in the UK, are you open, or do you think you'll stay out? I think it will be out in Thailand. Yeah. I did already open my gym out in Thailand with a friend of mine. Yeah. But I just couldn't fight and train at the same time I mean fight and run a gym at the same time it just wasn't possible it's mad as the discipline and the like running a business I can't compete and run my business I honestly uh, I've tried on numerous occasions over the years and I as soon as I get into diet brain and into that intensive diet phase everything else in my life has to be sacrificed and it's so hard to just like focus on anything that's not completely selfish um so I can totally relate with that geez yeah it's terrifying well it's also because like when I'm training and I know there's one lad that can definitely could um, vouch for me in this um you can't talk to me it's yeah. not especially in Thailand here I actually wrote a post about it today um, that I tried to change, adjust myself a little bit and I've been being too friendly, and this sounds horrible, I've been being too friendly to people yeah. in the gym and it's putting me off my own training Yeah. and I'm performing badly, I'm bringing myself down a level because I'm trying to fit in with everyone else because it's a huge adjustment for me to be back for so long. And I've just like I had a chat with one of the lads, and he was like, "What are you doing that for? We're not the same." And that sounds like we're aliens or something. But we're you're not. not. You're not. Yeah. We're on a total different mindset, and what we want to do isn't what your normal person wants to do. So, when I'm back in Thailand, I literally nobody wants to talk to me because I have a face like 
I feel yeah. And I'm I feel just you. Constantly, yeah, just constantly on it because yeah. you know you've got your goals, you've got to complete your targets for that day. And if someone's coming, just try to distract you from your training, you're a bit like, go away, like I please. Feel you. I feel yeah. you. Oh my goodness, yes, that's me on prep. Like when I'm in the gym for four or five hours and yeah, people want to have a conversation. I'm like, I've got to be in here five hours and work 12 hours today. Like we, we're we not having this right now. Like unless you you really need me, like you're at death's door, get out of my way. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've had comments in the past about, well, you look so aggressive and you have a bitch face and oh, you just, you look so grumpy. Like your face is tripping you. And I'm like, I'm on such a like 40 minutes of cardio, two hours of weights, 40 minutes of cardio, 30 minutes of metabolic. I also need to try and eat in there somewhere. Like, leave me alone. Like, let me get on with me because at the end of the day, I'm focusing on myself right now. So I can totally get that. And I can 100%. Yeah, it is about the environment. It is totally the environment, right? It has a crazy role in it all. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, you must have had to adjust from coming from Scotland down to England. Yeah. And being around a different circle and stuff. So it would have been different for you to adapt. Did you struggle with? I struggled because um, I think more than anything, I moved into an environment that is absolutely wild, like Canary Wharf. Personal training in Canary Wharf is like nothing you'll ever see in your life. I can't even, the hustle is like 6am till 11pm, seven days a week. Um, So that in itself, and then you're trying to like have a life, run a business and do five million other things as well as moving to London and amongst all that um, and I moved down November and I started my prep in the January so I didn't I didn't have a lot of time like I was fully in personal training mode for like the first eight weeks and it's like blinked and it was Christmas and then had I went to Chicago had like a bit of a break at Christmas came back went like straight full on back into the business and began my prep and it was just, oh, it was, I felt like I didn't make any friends. I didn't do anything until probably about the July that year when I was finally finished dieting. And then it was like, came up for air. And then all of a sudden people were like, oh, you actually have a personality. And I was like, yeah, like I've just been under this absolute prep rock. Like if you didn't know about bodybuilding, I'm not really interested. <laughs> like it was really yeah. bad though. And I think I had this like, negative perception of myself and that and I wasn't really myself because everything was like so busy new environment um and also severely dieting at the same time and it was a yeah to think like who I was May last year or April last year like what month is this this is March I don't even know (laughs) okay to think who I was March last year versus March this year personality transplant but it's only because I'm not in a completely focused competitive diet state like I'm back into training properly now and I am starting to get a little bit um these are my sessions please don't annoy me um so yeah I could totally it's a tough transition you're in right now and you're here until August right that's the biggest problem because normally I come back and it's only for a couple of weeks then I fight and then I go up to Scotland I'm there for a couple of weeks so I'm normally like I don't really care about anyone but my family. So I'm there seeing them. Whereas now that I'm here for six months and I'm like, you actually have to interact with other people. Yeah. And be a bit nicer and try and like 
mulled in, but it doesn't. It's not actually working for me. No. And what Ben said to me, we had a good conversation yesterday because I had a terrible training session last night because of it. He was like, "Don't just don't bother. If people can't accept the journey that you're on, then it doesn't matter anyway because they're not on it with you." And yeah. it's a hundred percent right. Like I do have to be selfish and I do have to do yeah. me. So. Yeah, I I completely agree with them. And it's, for me, that was, I think a lot of my family as well struggled when I moved to London. And they were like, but, you know, you're not making friends. And I made friends with Shivani and I would make an effort to go see Ali and Ali would make an effort to come see me. And, you know, I got on with a couple of the guys in work. But for the most part, like, I got up in the morning, I went to work, I done my training and I went home at night and I went to bed didn't speak to anyone in my flat like I had a horrendous flat anyway and it was very much keep your head down and just focus on your goals and you know I'm a huge uh, like we, we all complain at time we don't have time and I think it's not that we don't have time we don't have time for that and for me like I didn't have time for other people because I was making that decision to be completely focused on my goals and whatever I could put into my business at that time. And I think for you, like, until you're 33, do you know, like, everything you have has to go into your career. Otherwise, you're going to end up annoyed at yourself, right? Exactly, yeah. Because I have some great opportunities coming. At, well, I have great opportunities at the moment and that are coming to me. And if I let myself down by not achieving it because it's something so silly like trying to fit in then I'm only going to blame myself of course yeah. and I, it's just it's a silly thing where you just want to you do want to fit in because you do want people to like you but at the same time you shouldn't care you because shouldn't care. no one's really doing the same as what you're doing yeah and you've got to just get on with it you hear that folks listening you got to get on with your own life you cannot fall into the trap of trying to please other people it's so true though like preach gal I think that is a oh it's been such a good episode I'm so excited I'm so excited like the mindset the food the weight oh you've said so much stuff that I just can't wait to listen to again and pick through and I think people listening are just going to be like mind blown like wow (laughs) I really enjoy, I enjoy talking about this sort of stuff, just likewise, I'm sure you like to talk about this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's nice to talk about someone who's on the same mind frame as well, like you understand it and that's nice because most of the time I'll say things like I have today and then I get a thousand more questions on it because people just don't get, don't get it. it. They but, don't but understand. Why? But why? <laughs> because it's my life, it's me, it's who I am, like leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. Why would you do that? Like, I don't understand. It's like, oh my god, like, I, I can't explain it to you. I can't explain it to you. This is just how it is. <laughs> I love it. Oh my, it's been so so good to have you on. Um, obviously, I want you to just run us through what your Instagram is so that people can find you. Yeah, uh, my Instagram is just Yasmin Nazri. Um, I think the full thing though is Yasmin Nazri Muay Thai. She doesn't um, even know her own Instagram, folks. I'll put it in the show notes. 
because uh, I've got a personal one as well, and but like that's slightly different. But it's definitely Yasmin Najran. I think it's Muay Thai as well. On it is a picture of me, and there's plenty of pictures of me on it. But it's me and MMA gloves. But I wasn't fighting MMA. I was fighting Muay Thai and MMA. That's what the confusion's been. Clearly, I seen the gloves and was like, "What? It's the same sport." <laughs> thank you so much for having me on I I have to ask you um, for the guys listening and just we obviously spoke a lot about mindset and food and all the lessons and things that you've kind of had to pick through Um, a piece of advice for the people listening or like a lesson that you've been taught over the years that's really had impact on you so whether that comes to mindset whether that comes to your understanding your relationship with the diet and the industry or you know, whatever it is, like, is there a piece of advice that you kind of hold close to you that stands out in your mind that you could share with the guys listening that might inspire them? 100%. Um, what I would say is truly listen to your body. Um, you know yourself when you're dieting and stuff like that. If your body is crave, I mean, truly craving something, then don't be so harsh on yourself. Take that little bit of craving. But you also know when you push it too much and you go binging or whatever, when you're full, you feel it. Listen to that. Don't be so harsh on yourself, but set goals and don't not make them. Yeah. Start not making your goals, then you set yourself up for failure. It is that 100%. So often people I, I take on client-wise and they're like, okay, in four weeks, in eight weeks, in 12 weeks, in 16 weeks. And I'm like, great. And we're two weeks in and I'm like, okay, you've got this goal in two weeks. Like, what are you doing towards it? And very often, you know, all but this excuse and that excuse and everything under the sun comes into play. And it's like, do not set goals. And I'm, I'm very much right now about helping people with, you know, getting really real and educated on their goals that they're setting because we are so... We just set them so wide and so flippantly and we're like, oh, I'm going to have that and achieve that. And it's like, yeah, but really think about it in context of what that sacrifice is going to look like. Because are you willing to be the 1% of people who achieve this and give it up? Yeah, exactly. You've got to be realistic with your goals, but you also have to be true to them. Otherwise, there's absolutely no point. And I'm sorry, but excuses, you can't have excuses. Like, the way that I've managed to do my training, especially when I was here before I moved to Thailand, if you can do it, you'll do it. You'll find yeah. it anyway. You'll find a way, right? Yep. Yeah, I drive 40 minutes every single day to my gym in Thailand. I live 40 minutes away. And even when it's, I mean, rainstorm rain, when the water comes up, I'm still driving in it. And that's where he's trying to tell me, because I go through this whole thing that I think I'm lazy and I'm not. I'm really not. But he's like, no one else would do that. And it, he yeah. is right. That would be an excuse for someone else, but I've never left it. So allow yourself to have excuses. If you've got a goal, go for it. Yes. I love it. Oh, my goodness. So many little nuggets. And ah, I'm so happy. Gal, you have come. Like, I say you've come so far. Like, I mean, you were always going to go far, right? Let's face it. You are driven and you can see that big vision. And I'm just... I'm so happy for you and I'm, I'm happy you're getting to spend some time at home but also like get your bloody ass back to Thailand. <laughs> yeah, I know. And thank you so much and thank you for being a, a huge role model as well because I've got you on my Instagram and I do really follow what you're doing and everything and I'm, quite, I'm showing my friends as well when I'm in Thailand I'm like look at this girl she was at my school look how well she's doing. Oh thank you. Thank you.
see someone else who's doing that, who's dedicated and just going for it because it's about you. Yeah, it is. And that is a huge message. It's about you, right? Yeah. And as long as you're happy, gal, that's all we need in life. 